think you're what they say you are Ricky Lee, superstar Do you think you're what they say you are It's showtime with Ricky Lee. Thank you for joining me here on 101.5 Huntley Community Radio. Remember, you can always listen to current and past episodes as podcasts at HuntleyRadio.com. Romeo and Juliet is considered to be one of William Shakespeare's best works. The tale of two young lovers from warring families has stood the test of time, making it the beloved father for theaters around the globe. Now, I love when creative people in the theater industry take something traditional and accepted and approach it from a totally different perspective. Opening March 3rd and running through March 19th, the Black Box Theater at McHenry County College presents Juliet and Romeo, an original reimagining of Shakespeare's story with the gender power structure reversed. Joining me to discuss this unique and exciting work is director Jay Geller and one of the show's stars, Issa Aguilar. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Now, Thank you so much. Now, Jay, I'm going to start with you. I mean, where did the idea come from to take this approach to this story? Well, I, uh, it's kind of a idea in reverse, if you will. I'd like to tell you it's been something that I've been thinking about for years and years and years. But literally, uh, my colleague, uh, Ted Hazelgrove, who has adapted uh, the play with me, we're sitting having coffee, talking about Romeo and Juliet and what we're going to do. And he said, you know, we need to find some kind of unique angle, some unique concept for this outside of, you know, Romeo and Juliet in outer space or or different things like that. And I said, what about if we kind of flip the genders? And we were like, OK. Now, having said that, once I we got that idea, all these other ideas came back to me years ago when I was at Northern, uh, where I met my uh, first my late wife, Suzanne. We did Romeo and Juliet and she was cast as Lady Montague. And all she did was complain <laughs> that she had that one line and nothing else. And she died from grief. They don't even mention her barely again. And she, why does it have to be that the women have no roles in Shakespeare? Why do women have no lines? And then the other thing that I thought about was in uh, 2018, I had the good fortune of being in London. And I saw the new version of Company where they switched all the genders. And it was remarkable. It was like a whole different show. And so that kind of inspired us to... Um, look at the script and not just make changes with pronouns and things like that, but to try to find the different concepts. And And it's really interesting how, and Issa could speak to this too, when Juliet is speaking lines that were intended for Romeo, they have a completely different context now that a woman is saying those words. And it's really been fascinating watching uh, all the actors create these roles um, and seeing this play taken in a different direction in some cases. But it's still about love, still about two people, still about the tragedy of them not being able to get together. Now, Issa, Jay gave a, a very nice intro there into 
your approach to the character. How, you know, Juliet, is she still the same Juliet, but now in a different kind of world? Or has this new take on this changed Juliet? So, what was your knowledge of the character of Juliet prior to this interpretation? How familiar were you with it? Right. So I had read Romeo and Juliet in high school. Of course, everyone knows the story. And I'm a big fan of West Side Story, too. So that's where I say I love Romeo and Juliet. My favorite musical. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, but when I heard that MCC was switching the genders, I was like, okay, like, that's a cool take. Um, when I was a senior in high school, um, when the pandemic was still going on, we did like short films in our theater department. And one of them was we did a scene from Taming of the Shrew. Um, with uh, Petruchio, I think his name is, and then Kate, but we switched the genders for those two. And so it was Petruchia trying to woo Kate, who was a male. And that was really interesting because, of course, in the original, Petruchio is seen as this very kind of stuck up, very confident, flirtatious character. And then making that a woman, it was like, oh, she she is very dominant in this scene and you can't be afraid to go over the top um, and feel like ridiculous um, in a way. Um, but coming into this, I I, I don't know, I, I was I was really excited because of course Shakespeare has been, been performed for for ages. Um, and I feel like you don't hear as many gender bent versions as maybe you should. And I've never seen or heard of any um, gender swapped versions of Romeo and Juliet. And so, and I you know, saw that there were many female roles. So I was like, heck yeah, like I want to try this. I love Shakespeare and well, here we are. <laughs> so what has been the, the approach like to create this? I mean, it has to be a very unique uh, interpretation of Julia. There, there, she's in different mm-hmm. circumstances. So what has it been like creating this unique version? Yeah, um, it's been more difficult than I intended it to be. Um, because of course everything is so melodramatic and I know I've talked with Jay about this before and it's a little difficult to relate to all these different mood shifts. You know, at the beginning she's extremely lovesick and then she goes from being super in love and then she goes to having, you know, being so depressed and everything like that. And it shifts so drastically in a matter of two and a half hours. Um, and so I guess I'm just trying to do like the, the magic if and trying to put myself in her shoes and how things like this can affect someone at such a young age because I still have to remember that she is young. I'm placing her as like a 16-year-old girl. Um, But being a 16-year-old girl, the woman of the show, um, I still have to, you know, own it. I still have to be mature and try and make these decisions as relatable to the audience as possible, Um, even if it might be, you know, (laughs) changing from one emotion to the other. So Now, Jay, what was the process like to write this to do this adaptation because as brilliant as it sounds it also sounds incredibly daunting yeah it it has taken some time and is in it constantly and even today uh we did a run through on wednesday and i'm we're still changing and editing and adapting so the main thing first was to switch the romeo and juliet role so it is juliet montague and Romeo Capulet. So Juliet has all of Romeo's lines from the original and Juliet, uh, Romeo has all of Juliet's lines. And the only other characters that were switched like that were uh, Capulet and Lady Capulet, and then Montague and Lady Montague, which of course, just the one line. Everyone else was the change of a, using, going through and changing the pronouns. 
Um, so now it's Benvolia, it's Mercutia, and working to try to be consistent with all the pronouns. And then after you adapt, after you go through it a couple of times, you kind of start forgetting where it started. So which uh, which pronoun did it start with? Which where are we going here? And you have to go back to the original again. I am not claiming that this is a, anything better than Shakespeare wrote. It's just different. And so we just have to keep going back to the original script and finding these kind of nuances and things that we feel are important. But we've also streamlined it a little bit, focusing more on this, the relationship between Juliet and Romeo and um, and how they get together, how they come together. And then, of course, how they come apart. Now, obviously, you you focused on the text of William Shakespeare. Did you have to create any new dialogue in the vein of Shakespeare? We tried not to. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple words that we have, uh, you know, cut out or changed to make the understanding easier. But, I, you know, I'm always a purist. In most cases, uh, these are great works of art. And who am I to add or say, well, that's not really good. I'll, I'll change that. So we've tried to avoid that. I have not, we have not added anything. We've only edited out to try to streamline some of the big speeches or cutting the speeches a little bit just to have the meat in there uh, so we know what they're doing and what they want to give the actors, of course, what they need to work and to make their choices and to have their characters grow. And streamlining is actually very customary in in Shakespeare, especially for something like Hamlet or something that can be hours and hours and hours of long unless if you don't take those steps. Right. So we and we wanted to make it within a couple, you know, a little over two hours, which uh, we're 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 almost at. And I think it works. I do. I, I think it works. And the actors are doing a wonderful job to to drive it and bring this story that everybody knows. But hopefully they'll see something a little bit different when they come and see our production. Now, what was the casting process like? I mean, what were you looking for that, say, Issa uh, stood out and, and you said, this is what I need to bring this Juliet to life? Um, I think that uh, I was looking for somebody who had strength, you know, that kind of inner strength. And when they take the stage, they have that confidence uh, that works. And Issa had that immediately. And, and also the idea of when you hear when they're doing the um, reading, that they make a choice that the, whether it's the right choice or not at that point, but they're making a choice. It's not just words on the page. And and Issa did that along with uh, some of the other um, actors in the play uh, that we cast. But we were looking for strong women who could take the stage because this is this is a play about women and um, what they how they live in this society. And it's been an interesting, you know, switch uh, and sometimes hard to grasp. And again, it is me, this guy and his image of this. So there is something to be said about that as well. <laughs> now, Issa, from your perspective as a woman, um, how do you feel this show presents women to society? 
I think it I think it does a really good job. And even going back to what Jay mentioned about the pronoun thing, um, in some parts, it may not seem like a big deal because we just it's necessary to switch pronouns, depending on if we're talking about certain characters. Um, but we just like made a change the other day where the pronouns, it, it stuck out a little bit more to to even reference myself even and to reference other female characters in the play. And it's not about portraying um, the male characters as weaker. It's not about that at all. It's totally the opposite. Um, it's just showing, you know, how females, they do really have a, a powerful role. And I mean, you know, when Shakespeare first started, women weren't allowed to perform on stage. And so the fact that years and years later, we're taking this, yes, women can perform on stage, but they can also portray man's roles where men were portraying women in the past. I think it's really incredible how that has evolved. Um, over the years. So. That is really great insight. You're listening to It's Showtime with Ricky Lee on 101.5 Huntley Community Radio. If you ever want to hear current or past episodes on your computer or mobile device, you can stream them by going to the It's Showtime with Ricky Lee page at HuntleyRadio.com. Today, I am joined by Jay Geller and Issa Aguilar to discuss the Black Box Theater at McHenry County College's world premiere production of Juliet and Romeo, a reimagination of Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, but with the gender power structure reversed. Juliet and Romeo promises to be absolutely amazing, so you'll want to grab tickets while they are still available. The production runs March 3rd through March 19th in Crystal Lake. For ticket information, call 815-455-8746. You can also find information at mchenry.edu slash blackbox. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the male roles. Um, how Jay, how did you go about not having them become effeminate but still be the this gender power structure reversed right and it has been uh, a challenge you know because again it's those perceptions of what a man is or what a man was in shakespeare's time as opposed to what a woman how a woman should react and we've been it's been more about trying to get the women to take charge so for example when Romeo and Juliet or Juliet and Romeo are together, it is Juliet who initiates the kiss or Juliet who goes towards Romeo as opposed to the other way around. We've made a very conscious effort there. The, the whole uh, weakening, as, as Issa said, or to use uh, the effeminate stuff, it's not even in the realm of that. It's just you're look, trying to look at the world through different eyes. You are who you are. But you've been raised in this different society, and in this case, where women are the power. So, for example, with Lady Capulet and Capulet, again, it is Capulet who goes to Romeo and says, come on, Romeo, you can marry Paris. It's okay. It's all right. I'll stop crying. Where Lady Capulet is like, hey, get your butt, get everything together. Stop being a baby. Stop acting like a boy. Stop acting like a man. And those are kind of the fun lines in there where like friar lawrence says to juliet you're you're acting mannish you're acting like a man stop it 
because we've changed that where, of course, Friar Lawrence in the original yelling at Romeo, you're acting like a woman. Stop. So those kinds of things and they kind of ring out a little bit. And it's it's very interesting. And we're kind of interesting to see how the audience re reacts and if they catch those kinds of ideas. But it's all about intentions. It's all about choices. You know, the actors work and the use of the language, of course, uh, in Shakespeare, it's still it, you still got to do that. So. As long as you're true to your character, it works. Now, Issa, at this, at, at its heart, this is a love story. It's a tragedy. <laughs> it's a love story. What has it been like creating that love story in in this production? Um, it's been fun. I have never played like uh, I don't want to use the word ingenue, but just a romantically interested character in a show before. Um, and so this is my first time attempting all of that. And and I'm fortunate enough to the guy who's playing my Romeo I've known him for like six years and so um I'm already friends with him and so I still feel some sort of love I guess toward him because I've known him so long and he is a dear friend of mine um and I guess just exploring feelings that you know I've as a person I have felt before and kind of bringing those back and thinking of you know just other things that I can explore with and thinking of what well, what can the audience relate to like they can relate to these giddy feelings and like these really exciting feelings after you kiss someone and um so I guess trying to find the medium between relating to them but also drawing on my past or my experiences just kind of finding the middle there and Jay who is it that we have playing Romeo uh Nathan Boddicker is uh Romeo um and he's a student here as well at uh, McHenry County College and what stood out about about him that that made him just the right choice uh, for this very unique production? I thought he had a good sense of innocence, if you will, and still the power to do the role. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, I think they work, as Issa said, they know each other. So they work well together. So that has helped a lot because obviously for the show to be successful, you got to like. Juliet and Romeo, <laughs> and they have to have a relationship. But the other characters are also so compelling and so important. And particular to this interpretation, uh, you, you've pointed out the, the importance of uh, now Lady Capulet and uh, Lady Montague, uh, as opposed to the traditional Romeo and Juliet. So can, you, can we talk a little bit about the two actresses playing those roles and what they bring to the picture? Um, you know, both of those roles are, are really different because Lady Capulet, again, is she is very opinionated. She is in charge. She you know, she's the one getting Paris, the Countess Paris in our production to marry Romeo. And she won't hear anything about it. One thing that I've seen with Lady Montague, the character of Montague, Lady Montague, is not as prominent as Lady Capulet, just in the fighting, the big the beginning and then the end uh, where we see her. Uh, but um, Tori Mertens, who is playing a uh, Lady Capulet, has a strong stage presence, a lot of energy. And uh, she she goes for it. So I think the audience is going to really enjoy her performance. And, and then Erin Liston plays Lady Montague. And now, Issa, um, with this reversal of the power structure, I would assume that you are now having the duels. Mm -hmm, correct. Okay. What was it like? Was this how extensive is your background with stage combat, and how was this uh, kind of unique for you? Um, it's so when I was I don't know twelve years old, I did like a Shakespeare camp 
um, in Missouri. And so they gave us like a mini version of stage combat where we made our own swords of wood and <laughs> painted them and stuff. And we learned, we learned the basics, but that was, I don't know, eight years ago. <laughs> and so, um, when um our fight choreographer came and he just you know choreographed us i had a lot of fun and like i think fight call is going to be like my favorite part of rehearsal now <laughs> um just because i don't know i just feel so like cool <laughs> doing it um and even and of course being a woman in the role of stage combat you don't see women do sword fighting a lot of course it's always the men doing the fights and so the fact that you know women can pull out their swords and they can kick butt for sure <laughs> Now, Jay, why don't we talk a little bit about the stage combat? You have a, a wonderful stage uh, 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 or a, a choreographer, uh, a fight choreographer that you've worked with before. Do you want to talk a little bit about Bill? Yeah, Bill Daniel is one of our, uh, he's a former, he's an alum of MCC and he went to Illinois State. Um, he works in Chicago now and he's done our stage uh, combat choreography for just about any kind of fighting or anything we've had. He's very original. Like, again, I let him go. I just tell him we need to do these fights and I give him carte blanche to create. And he always comes up with something new. Uh, like for example, uh, without obviously when Juliet has to take Tybalt's life, um, he kind of introduced the use of a dagger, which I never even thought of, you know, and giving the variety to the different fights. So it's not just, you know, slap, 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 you know, the tinkling of the, uh, the swords hitting each other, but, the use of physicality, the use of their uh, fighting, you know, pushing and and working, all those different things. And each fight is different from the other. There's nothing similar about any of that. They're all unique. And that's what one of his strengths is. He's very original and he's very careful, too. He's always pristine about the safety of our uh, of the actors. And Issa, the fact that you get to use daggers, does that guy kind of send you into a West Side Story moment? <laughs> kind of, I guess. I was like, oh, I'm Tony. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jay, let's also talk about some of the other aspects, uh, the technical aspects of the show, because that's one of the things that is always so impressive about the shows that the Black Box Theater does is these wonderful sets and wonderful costumes. Um, so do either of, of, of those aspects uh, were really stressed for this production? Well, and, and don't tell anybody about this, you know, but... Um, after we did Heather's the Musical, and I was looking at the set, looking how we had an upstairs and a balcony, I thought to myself, why am I going to take this down <laughs> to build a new set, which is going to look much like the old one? So it is the same set that we use for Heather's the Musical. And we are obviously, we're repainting it. We're rebuilding the banisters to make them more secure, obviously, because we're having some fighting going on with all that. But we have just, we are using the same, which is a great economical uh, way to go, by the way, uh, for my theater budget, if my supervisors are listening. Um, and uh, costumes, we have a Carol Foreman, who is, uh, we have a color theme that we're using, Montague and Capulets with red and black, and she's integrated it into like making vests and uh, the different uh, accoutrement, if you will, uh, with the different uh, characters and the different sides between who's a Mon Montague, like Benvolia and uh, um, Mercutia, and then who is Capulet, like Tybalt and the Lady Cap and the nurse and people like that. And does that color palette extend into maybe the, the lights or the, the set deck as well? 
It will. Yes. Okay. Yes. And Absolutely. Now, why did you choose those particular colors? Did they just randomly come to you, or is there a significance no. to red and black? Um, I talked to. Uh, I was working with my set designer, Eric Luchin. And we had a meeting and we were kind of running things. And, and he has, of course, the program that he can, can switch on the screen, uh, the, the different designs. And we went through a bunch of different colors. And even though you could, uh, you know, the floor isn't going to look, we're going to have some other colors in the floor. So it doesn't look quite like a checkerboard. But the set's going to look really cool because half of it's going to be red and black, uh, red with black trim and the other is black with red trim. And so, and then there's the space in the middle, which is where some of the people meet and then some never cross into. So we're trying to use a little conceptual ideas as well and with the blocking and the staging and the set. So Eric Luchin has a lot to do with that and the color choice as well. Now, Isa, I have been absolutely impressed with with your maturity and and your your take on this role. And so I want to give you the uh, kind of a last opportunity to just give me a commercial tell people why they should come see this show you know and and what uh what they they can expect yeah well i mean it's a classic but it's a classic that's being turned around and of course you know this day and age everyone's trying to you know make things new and uh taking the old and making it fresh and i think this is a great example of that um and i mean you know it's a it's a college too and so um and sometimes schools don't do shows that people have heard of before, but I'm hoping that a lot of people have heard of Romeo and Juliet. And I'm, I'm very excited that we changed the name to Juliet and Romeo because I feel like it's like, it's an attention getter. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, that sounds a little bit different. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't and, know. Come and, to the show. It's going to be really good. It's a, it's a good, it's a very interesting take. And I don't think a lot of uh, companies or theaters could pull pull this off and the script is is fabulous even though it's changing every day it's it's still it's really a great script um the way jay and ted have adapted it so you've been listening to it's showtime with ricky lee on 101.5 huntley community radio if you are outside of the broadcast area or need to listen on your own schedule, you can always stream current and past episodes by going to the It's Showtime with Ricky Lee page at HuntleyRadio.com. Today, I've had the great pleasure of talking with director Jay Geller and actress Issa Aguilar regarding the world premiere of Juliet and Romeo at the Black Box Theater, located on the campus of McHenry County College in Crystal Lake, Illinois. The production runs March 3rd through March 19th. For ticket information, call 815-455-8746. You can also find information at mchenry.edu slash blackbox. I highly encourage listeners to grab tickets while they are still available. Isa, Jay, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much, and I will see you in the spotlight. Thank you so much, Ricky Lee. Thank you.